I'm a crazy rival with the ways of wife will turn to make through strong through this wasteland survival from NV to DC. Super mutants run for me. The cycle is strong and my back is done charging. Click, clank, clank, zip, 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 zap. And another one turns to dust over caps. Kill or be killed or become something worse. Try my try being burst. Stealth boy ready, gotta get past the death claw. All my ghoulies at the party waiting for the alcohol. I have to go now, though I'm over encumbered. Got a bottle cap mine just in case I get discovered. I'm not concerned, I got a ninja perk. A bloody mess gun, not demolitions expert. Always putting in work just to earn my worth on this radiated planet called Earth. Welcome back to that podcast, a gameplay diary of our adventures in the Commonwealth Wastelands. And today we are a little light on numbers because. Two of our members are away. One is sick. Uh, so we have with us myself, Willow. And Austin. And Canis. And Canis. And we were just discussing the Video Game Awards. So let's resume our, to- our discussion on that before we get too deep into Fallout. Because we were commenting on the fact that Fallout didn't win anything. <laughs> it was up for four awards and it didn't get anything. What were the four? It was up for Best Role-Playing Game of the Year, Game of the Year, Best Score and Soundtrack, and Developer of the Year. Interesting. Developer of the Year, I mean, come on, Todd Howard stole the show. Um, you know, like, that, his presentation was great. Um, game they of the Year, won. I think that maybe the game hasn't been out long enough for people to really know. Because, I mean, how long has it been out now? Um about a month. A month, and I have barely scratched the surface. And I know you finished it, but I have barely scratched the surface. I know um, I'm now officially ahead of Scott in the plot, <laughs> um, but he's played it way. But more here's than me. the thing that here's the thing that gets me that Fallout's not been out for that long, right? But it made seven hundred and fifty million dollars on day one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so it's like three times what The Witcher made, I think. Right. So I don't so know how much it's actually made. Witcher won best role playing game, right? Best role playing game, game of the year, and developer of the year. So I mean, if the argument is that Fallout Three doesn't let you role play, I find that quite offensive because I don't like The Witcher series because you have to be Garrett, and he is not a nice person, not someone I would ever want to pretend to be. So I don't find that to be good role playing either. Oh come on! I get to like I get to like let out my inner evil person when I play Geralt. <laughs> but I get to do that in Fallout anyway. Um, so so I mean, this is the criticism of Fallout Four is that it's not as much of an RPG as previous Bethesda games. Do we agree with this? I think, I think I only slightly agree with it. I think it's definitely got more of a action adventure feel, but it's still definitely Fallout. What it's lacking is, you know, you see some people off in the distance, and I always wonder, are they friendly? Well, the answer is inevitably no in Fallout 4 almost all the time, which wasn't the case in New Vegas and Fallout 3. And I feel like that robs us a little bit of something. Um, like, you know, walking up onto a group of people and just saying hi, and then them getting angry at you because you're the bad guy to them or you know uh, instead of just oh we instantly recognize you we don't want you here we're going to attack you um i feel like that's something that could probably be modded i feel like fallout 4 is to fallout 3 as mass effect 2 is to mass effect 1 in the sense that 
there's not a whole lot of really, really obtuse, soul-destroying, useless stuff in the weapons department. Like, it's there's not, like, 500 different things that are all marginal improvements over each other. What? Hey, you've been playing the same Fallout game as me? <laughs> there is, like, yes. a billion guns in Fallout 4, and they're all... Yes, but they are they allow you to customize them properly, and they're not boring. But in Mass no, Effect definitely 1, not boring. <laughs> in Mass Effect One, it was just like, oh, this one's called a this one's called an Argos, and this one's called a Colossus, and this one's called a, a Epsilon or whatever. And they and you didn't have any connection to them other than the name. Well, I mean, the the, the big change between Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Two was EA taking over everything. Um, yeah, right. So, but that hasn't happened with. Well, okay, maybe Zenimax has had a bigger influence than we thought, but because um, you know, like the game feels very smooth and visceral, and that influence has come from ID uh, with their, you know, the mm-hmm. all their Doom and Quake work, um, which is something that was always awkward in Bethesda games before. I think it's a change for the better, personally. I do too. I yes. I have not really, I I mean, when I sit down to play the game, I don't sit down and think, oh, gee, I really feel like I'm being stifled with my role-playing creativity here. That that never crosses my mind. Me neither. One of the other games that was up for RPG of the year was uh, Pillars of Eternity. See, now, that probably should have won, right? Because, like, if you you wanted to... That's the most... yeah, that's the most role-playing game on the list. That's right. If you wanted to exclude Fallout Four because you decided it wasn't role-playing enough, then if you're going to award anything, then Pillars of Eternity would be a perfect choice because um, it's so role-play. It is. It's really in there. Anyway, obviously we don't agree with that. And so if you're going to if you're going to exclude Fallout Four because it's not role-playing enough, action adventure is where the other place I would put it, and it's probably the most entertaining action adventure game I've played since. Tomb Raider's reboot. And for Action Adventure, it was uh, mostly between the new Batman game and Metal Gear Solid, which Metal Gear won. Against the Batman game, obviously it's going to win. The Batman game is a great game, but if if they can't do a good PC port, they don't deserve to win. (laughs) So true. And I think that's what it came down to. Just they ended up losing. Automatic disqualification because your version didn't work on release. That's all there is to it. So, I mean, I liked Metal Gear Solid, but... I think my feeling was that it felt a little bit too much like Sniper Elite and Far Cry. In that everything felt very kind of sparse. Like, so the main the main mission plot stuff, if you decided to deviate from it, there wasn't really much reward to doing that. As opposed to Fallout, where you're constantly rewarded for deviating from the main path. The thing that I find shocking is Bethesda Game Studios has got Game of the Year in every single one of of its games since Morrowind. That's impressive. Maybe so maybe Morrowind, this was just Oblivion, like Oblivion, Fallout Three, and Skyrim, this, and Fallout Four loses it. This is just the knee-jerk reaction of we're sick of Bethesda winning. <laughs> maybe that's what's happened here. Well, Bethesda only has a game every. Five years ish. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, see no, why I, that would be a big deal. I don't. I, the only thing I can think of is that this game is very compact. There is a lot of content every time you turn around a corner in this game. 
it's very hard to see the forest through the trees with it. Like if you sat down and played it for, I don't know, 20 hours, you'd barely have any inkling of the scope of the game. I think, um, there's Definitely. just, it's just so much to it that I feel like a month isn't long enough for it to have been judged properly for awards. Not that we're really counting these awards very, you know, highly. It's just, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I said before, they're basically just the, the gaming industry's pat on the back so that they feel like that they, they, have some, you know, non, I didn't pay for this testimony because, you know, all of the gaming reviews are bought and paid for. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And you have to remember, too, this used to be a thing that was on Spike in the U.S. Yeah. They used to air it live on TV. Now it's on Twitch. It was on Twitch this year. Yeah, what an interesting change. And I didn't watch it because um, it was on at a very weird time for my part of the world. And I don't know I where it is. It. Like, like if I went to try and find it, I'd probably find it after a bit of Googling, but it's on some Twitch channel, right? It's, it's mm. kind of ducked. And, you know, Twitch isn't exactly set up for watching recorded stuff. It's much more about the live stuff. So They do not like you watching the recorded stuff. You know, it doesn't work very well, and it, like, stops every half hour. And... No, it's more often than that now, because... There's these guys that I like to watch stream, but they stream late at night when I can't watch. So I try to watch them, and it's like every 10 minutes, five minutes of loading. Hmm. Yep, not great. Actually, I was having that exact problem last night with Vimeo. I was trying to watch Conman, the Alan Tudyk crowdsourced TV series. Um, you might know him from Firefly as Wash. No? Okay. I, I don't watch TV at all, so... You missed out on Firefly then. Anyway. I missed out on every television show of the of the two thousands and this decade and most of the nineties too. I just um, don't care about TV. Yep. Well, so he did an exclusive deal with Vimeo for this series, which I guess meant partly funding it. Uh, like the the Apple TV app for it. The first time my friends and I tried to watch it, after a couple of episodes, it just started playing the promo rather than the episode. So fine, I started playing it in the web browser on my computer and sticking my computer screen to the Apple TV instead. Um, so then the second time, which was last night, we were watching it. I've, the last few episodes, we've got two episodes left to watch, I think. It just started like dropping quality and then pausing to buffer. And I have, I have fiber optic to the to the premises. <laughs> There is, you know, I can do a speed test whenever I want and get 98 megabits per second. It's, there is nothing wrong with my connection. It's something to do with Vimeo. So I was I was pretty disappointed considering that their business is streaming. Um, that, you know, even when I pressed pause, nothing would buffer. It just, yeah. Um, so Twitch is very much like that when it comes to streaming, uh, well, to record a video as well. Um but anyway, we've kind of got a little bit off topic here. So let's talk about Fallout 4. Um, we're going to pick up on the main plot again. Now, um, obviously Austin is well past this. And Callis, mm -hmm. you're, you're past this part as well that we're going to talk about? I have finished the part we have talked about and I have not gone further. Um, turn off the sound of my laptop. So which part was that? Um, 
I don't really want to say because it'll be spoily, but I've done everything that is in our schedule to talk about. Oh, okay, right. Well, so last time we talked about the main plot, we got to Valentine and... Yeah. Yes. And then and you just go and talk him. to him, right? You talk to him and he's... What what clues him in? I think yeah, you sit down and talk to him about your experience, and he recognizes what how Keller looks. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. With the scar on his face. Yeah, scar on and his face. He remembers that Kellogg lived in Diamond City. You have to go and schmooze the mayor to get the key to his place. Um, I didn't have any <laughs> trouble with that. Is there, are there like combat routes you can take with that, or sneaky routes or something? Uh, sneaky route works. Because I just talked him into it. I just said, "Hey, you don't want to." be known as the mayor who <laughs> let a kidnapper live in the city <laughs> i took a page out of piper's book and blackmailed him essentially i tried uh, to bribe yeah, him that, that didn't uh, work worked the first time for me yeah the bribing doesn't work I bribing. Know. it's funny <laughs> um it's funny what does he do he gets angry he's like he gets really he gets really offend, offended and does his pop up puffs himself up to the full size of his entire shortness and says i can't believe you tried to bribe me this is insanely offensive you should feel ashamed of yourselves we're not the regular wasteland blah 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 that's interesting i was warned not to go into his office with piper so i went in with piper anyway (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because they don't get along very well um so then you get the key to kellogg's place and i was thinking oh this is positioned very much like the house in fallout 3 i wonder if we'll get to own it um but that's not really on the cards. So, you don't. Yeah, you go in there and there's a secret room and there's not really much in there in the way of evidence, but there is, uh, what, his cigar, I think? Yes. Sticky cigar he smokes? Yeah. And his beer. And his beer. And then it, then it becomes a thing of, okay, let's get dog meat to track the scent. Uh, so, so that takes you on a very kind of actually fairly low-level, safe trek across the wastelands to... To find him. Are you crazy? Um, I ran into a death claw. Wow, really? Well, see, I was about to say, that's what it's meant to be like, but I ran into, like, this big pack of of mutants, And instead of helping me, me the dog and Nick continued on the path while I fought the mutants, and ended up luring them back to Diamond City so that the security guards could take care of them. Yeah, there was a death claw, and then there was a Yaogwai, and then there was... It's a Yaogwai, yeah. And then there was something else. Uh, I think it was like a big group of raiders that were fighting another group. It was it was like... Yeah, you come across random account encounters when you go on the truck. Mm-hmm. It was quite amusing. Because they're scripted random encounters. Well, what level like were you that. when you did it? I was level 8. Level 8 and you ran into a death claw. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually... It was on the road. Like, you walk out of the... You leave... Diamond City, following the dog, and you're following a road, and then he veers off the road to a little pond. The Deathclaw was on the road ahead of me, and I didn't have to fight him, thank goodness, because he didn't see me, because I was all sneaky. But mm-hmm. I saw him, and I had a I had a holy crap moment, and had to change my pants. <laughs> um, so, this is an interesting, I think, like, speedrunning... I'm not sure. I mean, this is obviously a major plot point. I assume it wouldn't be skippable if you want to speed run the game. So you could probably skip finding Kellogg and just go straight to what's the name? Fort Fort Hagen? 
Ah, uh, yes. You need you need to follow this section. Um, I have another character, and I went to Fort Hagen before this, and the door that takes you to Kellogg is boarded up. You can't huh. go through it. Okay, that's annoying. So that's not great for speedrunners. Although, you could get the fast travel location, so they can just like do the dog and then just fast travel straight there, I suppose. No, you have to follow dog, mate. What? Because every time he comes across a clue, that's another um, waypoint. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's annoying. Poor speedrunners. <laughs> I kind of feel like speedrunning a Bethesda game is against the entire point. But... No, 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 no. Like, if you want to do a kill nothing run, you have to. I think uh, yeah, Todd I Howard's record on Skyrim was like two hours. I didn't know. He did a speed run of Skyrim, yeah. and he did it in two hours, and then his intern beat him by ten seconds. I seem to remember that story, yeah. Like that. <laughs> it was like two hours and 11 minutes or something. Very good. Yeah, something like that. So it'd be interesting to see how people speed run this game, because there's a, so much more combat in it, it's hard to avoid. Um, so anyway, once you find Kellogg, you... Have a chat with him. I don't believe there is a way you can avoid having a shootout with him. I don't think so, considering what happens nope. next. Right, and he has so many stealth boys. <laughs> Constantly stealthing. Yeah. That was very interesting. Though he just sort of stands there once he's stealth, and you can just shoot him heaps. My first time through, I was a higher level, so he wasn't that hard for me. But on my uh, second playthrough, my guy was much lower, because I'm kind of just speed running through it. Not like trying to speed run it, but just going through it faster. And I know there was a room with a fat man and there was a room with a mini nuke. So I pick up the mini nuke and I take the fat man and I just walk in and kill everyone in one shot. Before you talk to him? No, as soon as he's at the end of his speech thing, you have time to back up and find cover. So I just backed up, pointed the nuke at him and fired before he got even <laughs> even got a shot off. It gave yeah, you time to back up uh, because they started shooting before the combat started for me. It was, it was I like, had time to back up on this one. It's like, oh crap, the synth is shooting me. So once he's dead and you've looted all the good stuff in the room, the, you get like a bit of brain out, a cybernetic brain implant out of his head. <laughs> Which at the time I was thinking, well, this is clearly a plot item, a quest item, so I better take it. But this is really gross. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually kind of the response you get at the memory den as well. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so once you've done that, you head back. Um, it's revealed that, you know, Kellogg works for the Institute. The Institute. Uh, so it's... And that Sean was taken by the Institute and is with the Institute. So that's sort of the, the big plot twist there. Um, and then when you walk out of Fort Hagen, you see one of the coolest things in the entire game. Right, uh -huh. yes. That's a very that's a very cool thing. Like so gigantic airship coming in, people of the of the wastes we come the in. Win. And the music's going, it's just it's so great. Yep. And I'm just thinking, Oh, this can't be good. <laughs> I tried to follow it, but it got away from me. So this is this is, seems to be a, a bit of a theory that I've developed for, for all our games now. If a group of people speak Latin, they're the bad guys. <laughs> they're they're not necessarily they're they're intolerant, I guess. Well, I would say the Brotherhood of Steel. I mean, Caesar's Legion, you can you can side with them too. So, but they're but, they're pretty evil. They're, they're um, pretty evil, but then the, so Brotherhood... the Brotherhood are pretty evil too. <laughs> The Brotherhood isn't, like, 
there's an, I wouldn't call the Brotherhood evil so much as I would just call them intolerant racists. Um, because you can side with them, but if you're if you care anything about people who aren't human, it's not a good idea. So far, I've had no reason, apart from some AIs, to care about anybody that isn't human. Um, good neighbor creeped me out. You know, you walk into good neighbor and, well, this is the next part, right? So we go back to Diamond City and talk to Piper because yep. Piper has been researching the Institute for a year. And she doesn't really give us anything at all. <laughs> uh, and we come to the conclusion that we need to get the memories out of the, the cybernetic implant, which I, for some reason, took out of Kellogg's head. And there's a doctor in Good Neighbor that can do that. So we head to Good Neighbor. Um, Touching back on the uh, Brotherhood real quick, have any of you been to talk to them yet? I have. I, I, I've joined up, but I haven't gone to the to the airship yet. I went to the Pred one. Okay. It's pretty awesome. I'll be doing that soon. Because um, there's a spoilery kind of cool thing that comes up when you go and talk to them. That, I'm, that some of you might have missed. I don't want to say it though because I don't want to ruin it for Willow. Okay, thank you. But we'll ruin it for everybody next time. <laughs> um, right. So, looking forward to that now. So, good neighbor. Yeah, you come to good neighbor, and the guy tries to fleece you as soon as you walk in, and the mayor comes up and reminds him who's boss by gutting him. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. That was good neighbor. Fun. Nice plays. Uh, and he's like, if you stick around and make friends, this will feel like home. It's like, I don't think so. I don't think I like ghouls. <laughs> it's like, this is literally my first introduction to a ghoul as a you know person from the 21st yeah. century. I haven't found any other non-feral ghouls outside of that settlement. Right. They either come up out of the ground and try to kill me, or they evolve suddenly in front of me uh, and become tougher. Or they're mares who gut people. <laughs> Yeah. Ghouls are not nice so far. Um, so I'm not sure. Like, I could definitely kind of be indifferent about the AI stuff. I won't be this playthrough. But I think in the next playthrough I will. Um, and and side with the Brotherhood on that stuff. So next up is the Memory Den, which is in Good Neighbor, where you go in there, plug it into Nick, and it's encrypted. And somehow plugging it into two people at once fixes the encryption. Quantum uh -huh. computing, maybe? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the logic of that one is, but you, you get to basically move through his fragmented memories. And this is actually quite a long, long section. If you click on all the people, you get to see um, his thoughts on people. I wish you could sprint, too. You can't sprint? You can't sprint while going through the connection. But you can at least skip at least... all the scenes and go straight to the end and watch the last one only. True. Which brings us... To... It still takes forever to walk through the whole thing, though. Yes. Which brings us to the, the next big exciting reveal. The Institute uses teleporters. <laughs> which is why no one's ever been able to find them. Yeah, that, that was kind of one of those really moments for me. I don't... I wasn't quite sure how I felt about that at the first, and now I'm just like, you know, this is Fallout. Anything goes. Well, we know teleportation works because of uh, Old World Blues from New Vegas. You got that teleporter um, gun. Oh, that's right. That DLC. I never played it, but the I saw some people play it. 
and they would have been advanced enough to do it just like the Institute would have been. I forget what the gun's called, but it uh, teleports you right back to, um, oh, what did they call it? The think tank? Was that? What I think that's it? what it was. The place where all the, the little machines were. Yeah, and that, that was a great DLC. That was so Vegas. much fun. That was, it was very funny. Um, and all the, uh, the scientists, they were all just great characters. Love the uh, that wanted to take over the world and now I want to like go play that anything game again. Goes in Fallout. This is not good. I want to play two Fallout games at the same time. And Muggy, the little uh, security bot guy who's obsessed with mugs. <laughs> Is Willow still there? I'm not sure. I think she disappeared. Uh, well, we can talk about the things that happened in the, the memories. We find out that Kellogg had a child that he failed to protect because he was trying to skim some off the surface or something. Um, we find out that he grew and up... an abusive dad. Yeah. An abusive dad growing up, and, and he, his mom gave him the gun that he still carries. And he still has, and he saw the NCR form, and he was told by his quite intelligent mother, apparently, that the NCR was not worth anything. That was not smart. That's an interesting thing that he came from the West. Yeah. Uh, a little more connection to the older games there. I kind of wonder... Very subtle connection. You have to wonder how a guy like that would have traveled from the West Coast to the East Coast. Because we know the Brotherhood had airships, but he's kind of a mercenary dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could see maybe there's caravan trains or something, but there's nothing known about the Midwest at all. Um, getting over the Rockies on foot, that's near impossible. People have actually done that. Obviously, Lewis and Clark, but that took a whole winter just to get through the mountains. Well, I've been through the Rocky Mountains, and it's a little bit less intimidating than it looks on a map. But once you get to a part where there is an actual mountain, you can usually get around it fairly easily without having to climb over it. Um, and then there are some places like the Sierra Nevadas where you're just like, oh, screw this, I'm going all the way around. But the altitude Still, is... that's quite a journey. Well, going all the way around the Sierra Nevadas is like a thousand miles. But I would In imagine... universe without cars that work. Yeah, I would imagine they probably took... I'm just guessing here, but um, if they... We know that the Mojave Desert is inhabited somehow. And that lost Ve- that New Vegas exists, so that's and it's pretty well preserved. And well. it's and it's got stuff there, and it has power and money. So I would guess that there's caravan trains out of that that take the that would either go from that area to the Santa Fe Trail 
to St. Louis, maybe, or former St. Louis, or would go down to the coast. But I would imagine staying inland is probably better on a highly irradiated world than going to the ocean. And we also know that uh, Caesar's Legion occupies um, Utah and Arizona and New Mexico. Oh, they own the southern part of the of the Rockies. That might make it more difficult. So if he went through their territory, he might be able to skirt around the mountains and come up from the south. But no one knows what... There's not any mention of what's in the southern states, or let alone the northern states, other than a brief mention of, like, Chicago, where the Brotherhood's airship crashed. Which we know that once they got to Chicago, they went through Pittsburgh and made it to the Capital Wasteland. And then from the Capital Wasteland, they went to the Commonwealth. I wonder if the people back at the Wasteland and in Capital, if they still have a base there at the Citadel, or if they all left and went somewhere, went to the Commonwealth. Without giving, like, too much spoilerly stuff away, um, at Broken Steel plays a big part into what happened. If you played that DLC. I didn't. Um, do you know about Adam's Air Force Base? Where the Enclave were based? Yep. Oh, you're back. That's... Good. I am. Real life. That's okay. At... That's how... That's that's the, That was the Brotherhood's new base, pretty much. Okay. Capital Wasteland. After the Enclave left, or got evicted. <laughs> evicted, I think, is a better way to put it. <laughs> With their giant mobile moving base, which you destroy. Yep. And all those uh, scrap parts laying around. I always thought that was really a bit strange. Like, I, I literally go, went into there and killed everybody. The place was mine. There was there was no enclave left. Why did we blow it up again? <laughs> yeah, they should have kept it. Yep. Actually... We were talking about how Kellogg would have made it from the west to the east. She, yeah, it's right. How did the Enclave Chicago, get San Francisco to Chicago? How did the How did the Enclave get that big crawling base from the west to the east? The Enclave, the no, they the Enclaves, um, they had that already in the east because they had they, they had um, their whole city under the mountain there. Military base, basically they. Uh, I mean, right, they had the government, right? right? The 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 actual government. <laughs> they just were in hiding until Project Purity, yeah, was fired up. Until they thought they could take the take back the surface with clean water, and a virus. I don't. The logic behind some of the things that people do in the Fallout universe is just ridiculous. Fallout Three's story is pretty stupid. <laughs> Like, if, if you were the Enclave and you knew that some scientists were making Project Purity and were almost getting it done, why, why turn up with force? Before it's done? Why wouldn't you just turn up, like, all friendly-like? We have guns. We can protect you. Everybody wants clean water. This is going to be great. You can slip the virus in later if you really want to. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to come in guns blazing and take control of the whole thing, even before it even works. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> Anyway. And the other thing is, they have power. They have better power armor than the Brotherhood. Why couldn't they go into Vault? What was it, eighty-seven, and get the 
Garden of Eden creation kit. Because right. storyline Why couldn't And they, they knock you out as you're leaving the vault. So obviously they knew where it was. They knew it was in there. And they were capable of getting in. Well, not necessarily. Like, they may have gone in through the front door, which is very, very hard. And they may have only gone in once they found out that's where you were going. Right? So, you know, they might have had a spy in the Brotherhood of Steel or something like that. Because they get there late. they would have had access to the technology too, though. So they might not necessarily have had access to the list of where the Gek might exist. Anyway, so... Doesn't matter. Some big plot holes. Okay, so did we did we talk about the missing scientist yet? No. Okay, so the other part of the memory den is okay. So teleporters, yay, awesome. And then that there is a defector from the institute, a scientist who left and is hiding in the glowing sea. A very dun, dun, very, dun, dun, dun. very irradiated place. Which they say, you could buy up all the Radex and Radaway that you could find, or you could just wear some Power Armor. <laughs> power Armor is a good choice if you go there. I don't see why you wouldn't just walk there, get the fast travel location, fast travel back to your place, get Power Armor, fast travel back there, and then just walk in. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why anybody would take the route of, hey, let's just stock up on Radex and Radaway. That's a great idea, right? Well, and the funny thing is there's Radex and Radaway sitting on the table behind you when they tell you that, that you can just take. <laughs> oh, yeah. I noticed there was heaps of stuff in the memory den that you could just take downstairs but not upstairs. Well, because nobody's watching downstairs. And then on your way out, you have a chat with Nick, and he talks with Kellogg's voice. Like that scared me. Suspect. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That was a bit scary. It's like, I'm not entirely sure that Nick is now safe to take places, but I'm going to anyway because he's awesome. Because um, he, you know, talks like a cliche, and I love it. And, yeah, so that's just Kellogg's last say of, I, I knew I should have killed you, and I'm surprised you killed me. Maybe you have a chance. Because uh, it's revealed that Kellogg actually does not like the Institute in those memories. He hopes that you get them so that they get what's coming to them. And he did it just because he needed some place to go. Yeah, I think it's a, sort of an implication that he resented them because that possibly they took away his freedom. Like, you know, maybe with that implant. Well, not at first because he went there and he killed those synths to show him that I'm worthy of working for you. Yeah, but what happened after that, I suspect, didn't quite go the way he had hoped or planned or expected. They probably got the upper hand on him. Well, and he didn't like that. It's probably along the lines of you're a dirty animal from the surface and we can't have you running around our facility unattended, so we're going to put a leash in your head. <sighs> Sounds like the and Legion. There's the whole thing that that thing where he was uh, with Sean for a while, he ended up liking Sean because it reminded him of his kid. Yeah. And so he kind of went a little soft. Yep. Well, I mean, he started out as a good person in the Wastelands, you know, drummed that out of him. And then he ended up just working. As it seems to do with a lot. Yeah. He just ended up working for the wrong people and doing the wrong thing. Um, but... The Institute wouldn't kill their backup, whatever that means. 
Well, I think that's everything we're going to cover for this spoiler cast episode. <laughs> Spoilerific episode. And um, we'll probably pick it up at the Glowing Sea next time. Uh, so thank you everybody for coming along and listening. And if you want more information, you can go to www.thatpodcast.com. And there you can find links to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Um, you can also use that website to subscribe with an RSS feed if you're on Android. You have a link to our Steam group and to our Facebook group where you can come and chat about the episodes and the game in general. Um, did I miss anything? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Wonderful. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Damn laser beams of must and everybody I see just turns to dust I'm like Yeah cock back and bust the wasteland we trust for my ways a wife oh hot damn laser beams of must and everybody I see just turns to dust I'm like Yeah cock back and bust the wasteland we trust for my ways a wife oh Sir I strongly advise you stay away from